0: It's not necessarily um, that you could not get married in a professional school, but it depends on the individual situation, individual circumstances of that. Uh, For example, um, um, there might be instances where the uh, husband would be working while the wife was taking professional school. There might be instances where the wife was working and the husband taking professional school. It makes it more difficult. And then, of course, it's complicated if children come in. So you have to think those through very, very carefully. There is not one single answer. Um, In the Bible, in the instruction to judges, there were certain things that God said, this is what you do. And there were other things where it says, you present this to the jury, to the judges. And then uh, they decide. There are things that, there are just too many Variables to give one single answer. Okay. The question here is um, cross cultural uh, marriages and success rate. And um, i can 't really uh, uh, i can 't really tell you what the uh, the research is. I can tell you that in bible times the council was the tribe was to marry within tribe, and uh, exactly all the reasons for that i don 't know that 's just there in the bible um, so um, cross cultural uh, marriages. There's nothing sinful about it. There's nothing wrong about it. In some cases, depending on the, the views of the society, um, it can have more difficulties than others. Uh, you just have to... Uh, well, it's one of those uh, things that you weigh, weigh carefully. Sometimes there's an enrichment. Some cultures are enriching to uh, other cultures. So uh, you have to consider the consequences to children. You have to consider understanding of parents. All those things would, uh, would play a major factor in, in my mind. Would I say never? No. Would I say always? No. Um, you have to weigh all that and then make a decision. The question is, what are appropriate physical boundaries in a relationship before marriage? Uh, we have clear instruction in uh, in Matthew on Mary and Joseph who were engaged, and they were engaged for a year period. It says they didn't know each other. And uh, if you look at Elijah, it's very interesting. Um, now, he wasn't dating. This is just... a uh, uh, an observation from biblical notice how it says there in the story of Elijah in kings he was there living with the widow of zarepta but you know what it says he took the boy to the loft where his room was he was apart you don't want to have anything that even looks suspicious notice what jesus did there in john uh, 4 he was talking to the woman at the well She was a questionable reputation, five times married and living with somebody now. Um, And Jesus said, after he talked to her for a short time, he says, go get your husband. Even though he was talking out in the middle where everybody could see, he was very careful. Here's what I would suggest. One of the problems that we have in our society is we have forgotten the value of chaperones. If you want to know what's appropriate, just have somebody with you. It's easy. Yes. That The question is, what about the instruction of Matthew that if you look with uh, lust, have you committed adultery in a boyfriend-girlfriend relationship? Um, All answers are found in the Bible if there is an answer. And ultimately, the source comes right down to the Ten Commandments. The Scripture says in the Ten Commandments, written in stone by the finger of God, it says, Thou shalt not commit adultery. What is adultery? Adultery is to others, what the Hebrew is, that is, giving to another that which is only for one. And so, um, you don't want to be doing before marriage what you would not do with someone that was not your wife after you were married. You don't want to give to another what properly is only in one. And, the uh, scripture that talks about um, lust is referring to anything outside of marriage. Now, the Bible has several words for different types of sexual sin. Um, we call it cohabitation. That's the, that's the sanitized study word by sociologists. But well, the Bible calls it by its right name, fornication. And... Um, we have various words for these, but just stick with the Bible. And, and God wants us to have pure hearts. Um, purity is very, very rare. Uh, I didn't really dwell much on it. I, I had about 20 minutes that I just took out from today's sermon. It was all on moral purity, and I didn't have time to put it into this one. It just didn't fit. But God wants us happy. Impurity breeds impurity. If you want to create problems in marriage afterward in the area of physical union, um, then be morally impure before your marriage, and you'll have problems. All the studies uniformly show that. So God's Word is true, and Satan tries to trip us up, because if you look at your ancestry in the Bible, there are certain things that you, can, that you can know. We're all related to Noah. So we have some of his genes. I have some of Noah's genes. And uh, what did Noah do? He got drunk. So that means that coming through my line somewhere, there are going to be weaknesses toward intemperance. Is that right? Sure. You want to study what the sins of your fathers so that you can know what to avoid in the, as, a, as a child. And um, also, if you uh, study, you find that certain lines had moral impurity and dishonesty. For example, Judah. Um, starting with Abraham. What did Abraham do? He lied. What did the seed sown as a harvest did? What did Isaac do? Lied. What did Jacob do? Lied. Each time the lie gets bigger and worse. And you keep going down through... Here's the uh, tribe of Judah. So they have lying in their background. They also have moral impurity. Tamer was the first woman that's mentioned in Matthew 1. We mentioned that uh, chapter this morning. Tamer had an immoral relationship with Judah. What would you expect Judah's children to have problems with? Lying and immorality. What did David have a problem with? Lying and immorality. It just goes down through there. And then you come to Jesus, and what do you predict he'll have a problem with? Through the grace of God, that evil heritage did not make him a liar or immoral despite the Da Vinci Code. And it, um, God wants to give us victory over the sins that plague our society. Our society, at the end of time, is to have Sodom and Gomorrah-like tendencies. The sins of Sodom. That was a whole series of slides that you didn't see. The sins of Sodom. And God wants us, by our lives... To have a moral purity that enables us to have all the joy of marriage without the shame, the regret, the diseases, the uh, um, unmarried pregnancies that come along with Satan's plan. Was there... A, uh, was, okay. there's another question? The, the question is, what is lust? The word lust simply means desire. And uh, what we want is to have um, desires that are holy. And what we don't have is desires that are holy. Um, as we saw last night, those of you who were here... The way we follow the Lord is if anyone desires to come after me. It starts with that word desire, they're translated desires the same Greek word lust. We desire godliness. So the real problem is which desires are going to have ascendancy and uh, power in your life. Is it going to be the lust of the flesh or is it going to be the desires for godliness? Are you going to love the world or are you going to love the Lord? Tim, you had a question? Of that be, how you the, the question is, could we have a summary of that? The answer is no. <laughs> 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 oh, it's too long. And, and it wouldn't be right not to give the whole thing because I would be horribly misunderstood. Here is uh, Doug's uh, question. He's uh, asking, um, am I saying that we shouldn't hold hands before marriage um, even if we're engaged? I didn't say anything. If you notice, I dodged it. Um, I referred to the Bible. And um, uh, what I think on a subject doesn't really matter. If you look at John 3, you find that um, John the Baptist, somebody came up and he was talking to his disciples and he said a certain thing. And then a little later, you find out that Jesus said the same thing. Almost identical. And um, I like the concept of if somebody asked Jesus a question and then somebody asked you, would your answers be the same? Now, the only way I can know what Jesus' answers are is what the Bible says. I have no other way of knowing what Jesus thinks on any topic. And if he's been silent, the best thing for me to be is keep my mouth shut. If God saw that it was best for him to say nothing, then it's probably best for me. Uh, one of the things that that is a real problem is going on beyond what the Bible says. And I don't want to do that. And I shouldn't be heard. I didn't say what you can or can't do. I simply left the principle as I understand it, study it out, and, uh, and then determine those things based on not our... our um, knowing that our human problem, well, let me say it this way, Ellen White says that people have trouble understanding the Word of God because in those areas that they don't want to do. So if you don't want to do something or you do want to do something, you're going to have, I just tell you, you are going to have trouble understanding the Bible's clear instruction on it. But struggle through that and surrender to what the Lord wants and what you understand the Scripture to say, regardless, and God will give you help. You're not going to be fanatic following Jesus. It'll never happen. You're not going to be fanatic following the Word of God. Just don't go beyond it. Come up to it, but don't go beyond it. You know, I like that very much. The uh, comment was, uh, and he's helping me out. Um, The golden rule. And and he's actually doing the golden rule by helping me out. Um, (laughs) That is, don't do to a potential future spouse what you wouldn't want somebody else to do to your potential uh, future spouse. Now, frankly, I tend to want to err on the side of caution rather than on the side of uh, uncaution. If I'm going to drive, I'm going to drive as far away from the edge as I can. And uh, I'm not as close as I can. There are people, they want to know, when I'm giving health lectures, they'll want to know, not exactly this, but you'll, you'll get my illustration. How many maraschino cherries can you eat? You know, before it's unhealthy. Uh, You know, I don't know. (laughs) Um, And the question is if you're committed to the Lord, you're listening to His voice, you're sensitive to the directions of Scripture, you'll know. You'll know. And you'll be appropriate. Yes, Uh, unity um, involves core beliefs, which is one Lord, one faith, one baptism. Uh, There is no way that a person, for example, who is a Sabbath keeper should marry somebody who is not. How can you go to the same church? not possible. How can you have one faith, one Lord, one baptism? So there are certain things that God has put in that separate his people from the world. There are two things that have always separated God's people from the world. One is the Sabbath, the day they kept. And the other is, well, the, the law, I should say. The law, and the other thing is the prophets. Those are the two things that God's people had. They had lots of problems, lots of sin, but they had the law and the prophets. God's people today have the same two things, to the law and to the testimony. If they speak not according to this word, there's no light in them. And at the end of time, um, Revelation 12, 17 says that Satan is particularly angry with, uh, with those that keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus Christ. That is the law and the prophets. And we have been absolutely forbidden to uh, marry outside of one Lord, one faith, one baptism. Now, does that mean that somebody else is not a good Christian, committed Christian, love the Lord? No. But they're not uh, a, a, a uh, life's partner for me. Well, Lord, the Lord will, will help. And we're not going to find a perfect person because we don't offer them a perfect person. Uh, that is we 're not perfect, and I like what one person said. He said, "Every crooked kettle has a crooked lid, and God has a way to unite two imperfect people who love him and bring about a a useful tool, an implement it might be a crooked pot with a crooked lid, but it can contain the precious uh, truths of Jesus and shared with the world. Oh, the question is, can you tell us briefly how we, how I met my wife? Uh, it was here at Loma Linda, and uh, I was uh, at the prayer meeting, and I was actually with another girl that I kind of liked, but she didn't know it. And we were having a prayer band, and I had arranged to get up near this person and so a friend of mine then called me away, wanted me to meet somebody else and I was so disgusted, but I had to leave the prayer band that I was with with the potential significant other, and went over to um, meet this person that Pat is Pat Fegerstrom, who he was impressed with, and so I met his uh, person and her sister, sister was there, it was actually Dina met the sister and then quickly went back to the prayer band I was with and then the next Sabbath uh, my now wife, she sang with a, a trio and it was love at first sound no, not quite <laughs> I was very impressed with the uh, trio and so I told my friend yeah, you should Dina seems like a nice person. She'd get better acquainted. Um, well, yeah, but I I didn't know Sherry from Adam otherwise. And uh, so because of Pat's interest in Dina, he got invited over to their home. Um, and they would fix food. I found out about their hospitality. I found out about their culinary talents. I found out about the neatness and order of the house. But most importantly, Impressively, when I walked into the home, I found um, in their living room, I found all the Spirit of Prophecy. Even some books I didn't have, the Review and Herald articles. And I found in them, they were underlined and marked that Sherry had read through. When I saw those books, I was, that was love at first sight. I was very, very impressed. And, uh, and the fact that she was satisfied with Jesus... Um, was very impressive. You now I was stupid. I had it took me a long time to to find a half of the excellences of my wife. You know, we have the male gene. It's just a you know, it's just a defective gene. <laughs> but uh, uh, I mean, if I would have been smart, I would have latched onto it that second. But I wasn't. And so um, it was a good thing. I mean, I'm, I'm being a little facetious, obviously. But I got better acquainted with her. And uh, um, in time, I contacted her parents and asked if they would uh, be willing to let me get better acquainted with their daughter with the potential that it could lead to marriage or maybe not, but that I wanted to uh, consider uh, dating her and it took them wisely a while to figure out whether this should be done um, if I would have been them I would have said no <laughs> but um, uh, anyway after a week they got back with me and they gave their permission and so we started seeing each other we started memorizing uh, the book of Revelation together she got to chapter 5 I got to chapter about 1 <laughs> um, but we would walk up in the hills, and we'd be memorizing. and getting better acquainted. Um, and um, I found out she was careful of her health. She was from uh, the School of Health. Uh, she had Master's in Public Health with emphasis in nutrition. There were just lots of things that were uh, positive. I liked her family, and um, I liked the books that her father had, the, some history books that I wanted. Um, she had a car that I needed. Uh, there were a lot of things going. And uh, ultimately, ultimately, uh, um, I asked her after we'd been dating for we, the first time she remembers uh, meeting me. I remember her before she remembers meeting me. Um, we were on a co- a committee of the Hill Church seeking to do uh, a party that God would would be happy with, a soul winning Saturday night entertainment. And so she was part of that. We had a great time, and and we worked together in a lot of projects. And the first real date she didn't know was um, and. Didn't know till a long time after. But I asked, I had to speak at West Covina at their church. I had to give a, a talk. And so I needed a, a car to go there. So I found out that Dina would not be available, so it would be safe to ask her to take me. So uh, I asked Dina, I said, you know, I just need this. I need some, and she was dating somebody else. We were friends, so, you know, nobody would have misunderstood. So I, uh, I asked her if she could take me to this place, and she, of course, couldn't. And then she did what I thought she would. She's a very nice person. She says, why don't you take our car? And so yeah, I was hoping for that. And, uh, here was, here was, but here was my answer. I couldn't do that because I'd made a, a just a little decision that I didn't borrow somebody else's car. Well, she said, maybe Sherry could take you. Good thinking, Dina. <laughs> so, it was possible to be together without any clear evidence and just watch and see various character traits. I wanted to study her character traits. Of course, uh, she was studying mine. Uh, We found out later, we both went to the same people to find out what they thought. (laughs) And um, uh, you look back on that, and I can say it was a wonderful blessing from the Lord. Um, Undeserved, but the greatest blessing in my spiritual life has been my wife. prays for me we now pray for together at four in the morning every morning at four we just um, maybe even before four um, we'll wake up and we'll start praying together we pray over the various institutions our church and our the uh, ministry that the Lord has given us my Bible first and our family and our neighbors and one of us prays for the institutions with which we're involved we've been praying for Advent hope every morning Um, and then the other we switch every day Prays for our children and special uh, people, like uh, we pray for Curtis, in addition to our children, because he's one of my children. He's a son in the Lord, and uh, and that's a wonderful blessing. Uh, I wouldn't wouldn't miss that. I can't imagine not being married to somebody that's a soulmate. I just can't even imagine it. And uh, um, I recommend highly. Be very, very selective. Be very selective. Go through this process. Make sure it applies to you. Go through it. And delight thyself also in the Lord. Trust also in Him, and He shall bring it to pass. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Lean not unto thine own understanding. God wants us to be bathed in the Word and to have all the blessings that come out of the Word of God. One more question. I don't know lots of people, but I do know one couple that did everything that, as far as I know, was right, and that's Rachel and Eric. You know, my my daughter and son-in-law, I have. Um, they did it better than uh, I did, and uh, that's what you want. You want your children to do better than uh, um, you, you did. Actually, Eric someday will be excellent. You should bring him back, and he can give a uh, courtship seminar. <laughs> Yes. You know, everybody does it slightly different, and uh, there's, there's not a one right or wrong answer for it. Um, but the principle is that the parents have to be actively involved before any heart gets involved. You don't want to steal uh, things. My recommendation is primarily do group activities and before there's any exclusiveness or uh, singling out. Get permission from the authorities, uh, your parents, and uh, your potential life's partner's uh, parents. You want that that real clear. Now, one of the problems we have today that I've noticed is parents—they're supposed to counsel with their children. But they don't know how. They don't know what to say. And uh, so it's a it's a real problem. Their their own courtship may not have been God's plan. They may not have studied. When I was at Loma Linda, actually. Uh, uh, Sherry's first uh, remembering of, uh, of me, I said, was at that, uh, at that group. Actually, I'm wrong in, in that. Her first memory was God's plan in courtship and marriage. Um, I was uh, um, working on a series of four. We had Friday evenings at Linda Hall on God's plan in courtship and marriage, and I was studying these in depth, uh, in detail from Bible and Spirit of Prophecy. Um, I wanted it for myself to know. And uh, and Sherry was interested in coming because at the time I wasn't dating and she thought, this is going to be odd. How can somebody who's not even dating talk about courtship and marriage? Which I agree, it was odd. <laughs> but it was something I was studying. And uh, so we had a lot of good activities. It was a nice uh, group. We had about uh, 90 to 100 every Friday night for four times. We met together. And uh, out of it, I, uh, I gained Sherry. And uh, so I think it was a very good study. <laughs> and, and my purpose was uh, just to talk about Jesus. I found that it doesn't really matter your subject, you want to talk about Jesus. And so that just gave me an excuse to talk about Jesus in the context of courtship and marriage. And we had people every single Friday night that gave their heart to the Lord. And so I was, uh, it was very, uh, I'm very grateful for that opportunity. Um, and, you know, coming back and giving it now t- twice. This is the third time now at Lumberland I've had an opportunity to share. This is completely different than any I've ever shared before, the ones that I shared this uh, last weekend. Well, I think we probably have... Oh, there's one up there. You know, I hate to do this because the... Um, the scripture says that it's the beast power that wears out the saints of the Most High. <laughs> and I don't want to be part of that. But okay, there's a question up here. Sure. Yeah, um, I had my parents actively involved. When I would meet somebody, I would say, God, you know, if I thought they were nice, I would say, God, could you add that to the list? And uh, and so I had about five people, of which two were in the A-team. And there were three that were nice. And so when my dad came out, I read him the quotation that physicians should, as a general rule, be married. <laughs> I had found that while I was studying on this courtship and marriage. And so uh, um, I asked him if he thought it was appropriate and uh, what, what about that. And he thought that it would be appropriate. And I said, I would like you to, unless you have others to suggest, I would like you to uh, comment on these five. And so he looked at them and he said, you know, all five are good. And uh, the two he agreed, that was the, the top tier. And that... But after we had gone out to Sherry's house, she didn't know why we were uh, coming out, they invited my dad to do a special Vesper program, and even though it was 100 miles from here, he was just happy to do it, and and we went out there, spent the weekend with their family, getting acquainted, and so when that was done, my dad says, you know, and and I wanted his advice because he had made a good choice with my mom. he said uh, he said, I, uh, I really think that Sherry for you they're good people, but Sherry is the, the best." The one that I was, I really liked wasn't Sherry, but God always gave me a certain question mark in the back of my mind. And since then, this girl has proven to be a stellar person. Just a fine person. I introduced her to her uh, now husband. They're leaders in the church. And uh, I mean, national leaders. You'd know them if I was to say. Um, But uh, 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 an excellent, excellent person. But she married the right person for her. Just because it's a good person doesn't mean... Just because it's an outstanding person doesn't mean that the two of you are best matched. And so I wanted God's best for her and me. And so the Lord it led both of us to feel that way. And, uh, and so that's, that's how the Lord, um, led in that. I learned also that if you're trying to follow the Lord, you need to listen to a little, you know, if everything else is go, but you have that little disquietude, don't just ignore it. Don't just toss it off. Um, that can be some uh, form of, of guidance. But, My parents were very much involved. Now, I should leave you with a story that I've never told before. It's never been told publicly before. But I'm going to tell you. And that is, my mother, my dad was my mother's second marriage. And um, when she was 18, there was a fellow that came up. She was in Chicago, and he came up and... It was a hometown boy. He was one of the heroes. And he said he'd just been thinking about her and, and he had all these oh, he was, they were going to build a house and it was going to be right by her house in Watsika. She could leave Chicago and she thought oh this is wonderful. She wasn't uh, uh, a Christian at the time um, but she was just she was so excited and so they got married that day went to the justice of the peace and got their uh, license and, and they went back to to Watsika and there they um, they lived but it turned out that this boy whose father was successful, he was a banker and a brother they were all successful, but he didn't have any of these qualities. he was a gambler he um, and um, they had uh, Tom about a year after they were married and he never came home the next, after uh, Tom was born, just disappeared abandoned her she tried not to get a divorce for three years and um, and the reason I'm telling you this is that even if you've made um, some errors of judgment, the Lord can turn all these things around She uh, subsequently, after she was divorced, she was engaged five different times. Each time she just felt, no, I can't do this. This person isn't a Christian, even though she wasn't sure what a Christian was herself. She uh, went to visit an Adventist church in the area because she thought Adventists were right. She knew that Adventists didn't wear jewelry, so she uh, put on all the jewelry she could so that they would know she was not an Adventist. And nobody ever even just took any interest in her. And so she um, didn't know what else to do. One day her sister drove a 190 miles round trip to uh, take her to Vandeman's meetings. And during that time she found the Lord. She studied to be a Bible worker. But she had Tommy. Now he was Eight, nine years old. And yet, out of all that, God was working out all his providences. And though it's a, it's scars that you always have, um, still the Lord knows how to take those scars and make beauty out of them. And I, I just... Um, because of some of those situations, my mother was very, very intentional in the way she raised us. She hadn't been taught. She was very intentional. And um, she never told about uh, this because she didn't talk about divorce in those days. You just didn't do it. Uh, my brother just died. And the story has come out. You know, now now I know. And uh, she, she told me all about it. Probably hasn't told anyone else that I know. And, uh, and I'm sharing it with you to encourage somebody here. It doesn't matter what your past is. Jesus can work these situations out. And he wants you to have a hope. He wants you to have a life. He wants you to have a future and a hope. And, uh, and so I don't want to leave anybody with either uh, two things. First of all, I don't want you to have the idea that anything I've done is necessarily right. None of us um, do it right. Um, and everybody's situation is slightly different. The way God leads everybody is slightly different. All of us are flawed. We've made many, many mistakes. We just have. And God is, through this process, trying to help us not be as flawed. And so He brings, in my case, He brought Sherry into my life to help me not be so flawed. And and so God wants to do this uh, to each one of you. Maybe not married, maybe single, but God wants to bring people and uh, experiences into your life to bring you a wonderful happiness that only heaven can give and uh i am going to stop thank you very much for your attention and i didn't mean to just go on and on and on